Test one two test. Hello, is this thing on? Sounds like it's on to me. Just when I have all the answers, all the questions change. One day the world looks so normal, next it looks so strange. Uh, yes, I let that run a few more seconds than I had planned. Not a big deal. Just let it run a few more seconds than I had planned because I had forgotten to turn the power switch on. And my phone is down at 28% battery. I didn't want to run out because who knows how long I'll talk today. Could be a long one or it might last a minute and 12 seconds. <laughs> See, that's a joke because it was a minute 12 seconds when I looked down right then and there when I said that. Today is an anniversary. It is April 1st. 2016, and no, this is not an April Fool's joke. And when I say joke, I have to italicize and put quotes around it in my head and in my voice because I don't find April Fool's particularly funny. In fact, I don't find it funny at all. Um, but the anniversary, let's get to it. Uh... See, it's not that I don't have a sense of humor. I do. I think most human beings do, right? <laughs> if, if somebody doesn't have a sense of humor, I feel sorry for them because there's a lot to laugh at. You can laugh or you can cry, I guess, but uh, I choose to find the humor in things. Or do I really choose that? Did I choose that? Do I choose that on an ongoing basis? Or is that just the way I am? And will I ever tell you what this anniversary is? Choice. Yeah, let me, uh, let me write the word. Choice slash humor. Let me write that down. Sometimes I refrain from writing notes because I just want to go with the flow. But I'm going to do uh, who gives a fuck, right? And there we go. Every time I mention that I do at least have to earn my explicit tag, whether intentionally or accidentally. And that was kind of a little bit of both. Speaking of choice or lack of it. The anniversary is April 1st, 1966. My family arrived on a covered on a covered wagon? Yes, on top of a covered wagon. We were pioneers. We not only came to California with a covered wagon, but we rode on top of the damn thing. <laughs> but seriously, folks, uh, I don't even remember what the car looked like. It was 1966, so I, I just don't. I don't have any memory of the car. I do have a specific memory of this day, though, because it is April Fool's Day. And April 1st, 1966 was my introduction to April Fool's Day. Up until that moment in time, I had not been introduced to that wonderful, oh, most wonderful of days. 
But as I recall, and you know how, you know, when you look back in your life, you don't have a lot of vivid memories from your childhood. I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you have thousands of memories. I, I don't think so, though. I think mostly the way the human brain works is we just have a handful of memories scattered throughout our lives, vivid memories. I guess buried deep down inside, we have swirling fragments of vague memories in our subconscious, but let's not get too deep into that right now. The vivid memory I have is my parents were inside the apartment's office, you know, checking us in. And it being the first day we arrived, I was not going to school. Instead, I was standing outside of the office waiting for my parents to do their adult business. And kids were walking to school past me. And I remember them saying things to me like, you have spiders in your hair. In fact, that's specifically the only thing I remember is you have spiders in your hair. Now, I also remember uh, that there were multiple kids who were saying odd things to me as they walked past me, things that turned out not to be true. I re- but the one that stuck in my head was, you have spiders in your hair. <laughs> Welcome to California. You have spiders in your hair. I never saw that on a bull, uh, <laughs> on a billboard. Never saw it on a billboard, but that's you know that was my welcome to California. So no, that did that did not create in me any kind of uh, phobia that I recall. I don't have, have any. It didn't have any fear of spiders. I guess any more or less than anybody else. In fact, as I was talking or uh, typing to some people on Facebook today about that, I, uh, not only do I not really have a uh, any kind of large fear of spiders. I actually appreciate the job that they do. I like the fact that they take care of killing bugs in my apartment. And so my choice when I come across a spider, uh, depending on where it is or what it looks like, uh, I'll either leave it alone or catch it and put it outside because I have become an old hippie and proud of it. So there's that. So uh, that was my introduction to April Fool's Day is <laughs> kids telling me I had spiders in my hair. Now, either because of that, maybe that's why I'm not a big fan of the day, but I think it's it's deeper than that. Uh, again, this is stuff that I put on Facebook today, but you know, since I don't know if you listening to this are also a Facebook friend, Uh, You might not have read this, uh, so I can repeat it here. I don't know if my dislike of April Fool's Day has to do with that, uh, the spiders in the hair thing, or if it's just my general uh, dislike for dishonesty, disdain, as I put on Facebook. A timer just went off on my watch, and I don't remember what that timer was for. Oh, I just remember, I went to the dentist today, and the dentist said that I had to wait an hour before I ate anything. So, hey, I can eat something now. But instead, I'm going to keep talking. I will drink some water. Hold on. Where was I? Disdain. Dislike. Yeah, so I don't know. I I think... um, 
my reasons for, I think I have multiple, I do have multiple reasons for not liking April Fool's Day. I don't really think it goes back to that first experience. I know sometimes one experience can influence us for our entire lives, but I don't think it's that. I think it's mainly just that I don't like dishonesty and, uh, and pranks. Um, most pranks to me just aren't funny. And even though, as I, <laughs> as I posited earlier, I do have a sense of humor. I laugh at things. I find a lot of things funny. I've also been an on-again, off-again comedian, mostly off-again. So I also have, you know, on occasion been able to make a room full of strangers laugh or not. But at least, you know, the attempts have been there. I, I, I don't have to belabor this point. Humor is a subjective thing. But my point is, it's not that like, like I'm some tight ass who doesn't find things funny. I find a lot of things funny, but I don't happen to find pranks funny. I don't happen to find April Fool's Day funny. And here's a particularly unfunny April Fool's quote, joke, end quote, yesterday that really pissed me off. I saw a post, and, and first of all, you know, it's, it pissed me off for a couple of reasons, mainly because it was joking about something that I don't find funny. It said that a grocery chain was going out of business and would be closing all of its stores in 2017. And, it, and when you click through on it, when I, I did, I clicked through on it, not suspecting it as an April Fool's joke because it looked like a very legit article. In fact, it was not uh, on some bogus website that I never heard of. It was at yahoo.com, which, you know, actually does exist and which is uh, like a le- su- supposedly legitimate news source. So I clicked through on it and it was a very serious professional, well-done article talking about how the stores would be closing. It gave specific details about the the rate that they would, you know, the, uh, they'd be closing over the next number of months and which state it would start in. I mean, it, it was a very, you know, well thought out or well uh, executed article that sounded, unfortunately, very much like some a real article or articles from earlier in the year where Fresh and Easy did actually go out of business and hundreds of people lost their jobs, which is, you know, so, oh yeah, I know. Let's, let's say that now Trader Joe's is going out of business because, oh, they can't take the competition and the competition's too fierce and blah, 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 blah. So then I get to the end of it and it says, April Fool's, fuck you. I mean, seriously, I've, n- I've never been, as I've already belabored, I've never been a fan of this stupid fucking day to begin with. But then you put on an article saying that an entire grocery chain is shutting down and a bunch of people are losing their jobs. And you give this very, you know, several paragraphs about the exact plan and how this is going to happen, how it's going to happen and how many clo- stores are going to close and when they're going to close. And then you say, April fucking fools. Are you shitting me? And, you know, th- and here's, the, here's the thing. I might not have even been tricked by it except you know maybe if it had happened today I wouldn't be tricked by it because on April Fool's my guard tends to go up and I tend to either not read anything or suspect that anything I see might be a joke a quote joke end quote but yesterday it was March 31st which raises another thing that's pissing me off about April Fool's it's becoming like Christmas it's people are are doing their so-called jokes and their pranks days in advance all week. I, I saw some as as early early this week and maybe even 
late last week, it's not April Fool's week or April Fool's month. It's bad enough to even have the day, which I could really do without. Have I made that point? But anyway, oh my God, it wasn't funny. You find this funny? And that's another thing, kind of in a related story along, along the lines of uh, somebody joking about a business going out of business. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Hundreds of people losing their jobs. Oh my God, stop. You're killing me. That's so funny. Bad enough that, you know, somebody's doing that. But then there's all these corporations have been jumping on the April Fool's bet. I don't remember how it started, the bandwagon that, uh, you know. But even then, I kind of sometimes might have been maybe amused by those. Like Google comes out and says, hey, we've invented a mind-reading app or, you know, something. You know, it's like then at least you could read it in amusement like you could read an Onion article. And for those of you who don't know or, or if you're from the future and you don't remember and maybe The Onion doesn't exist anymore, but The Onion is satire. You know when you click on something from The Onion that it's satire. It's not tricking you, unless you're, unless you're just not aware of The Onion being satire, but it's, it's not attempting to trick you. It is strictly 100% upfront satire. I have no problem with that. What I have a problem with is deceit. So let's tangent away from April Fool's and say, I'm going to take this opportunity since it is April Fool's Day to uh, talk about something. Let's say choice. I, was, I mentioned earlier about choice and humor, like saying I, I choose to find things funny. Or not. But do I really? Do I really choose to find things funny? Or is that just the way I naturally look at things? I don't know. The whole nature versus nurture thing. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not smart enough to just sit here and figure that shit out when scientists for centuries or have not been able to figure that out. Certain things, you know, you can guess or they can look in the chromosomes. They can say, oh, yeah, we think that this this thing right here determines whether or not somebody has a sense of humor. I don't think they've gotten to that detail, but there's examples like that. Like they say, oh, yeah, look, this, this gene right here determines your eye color. Certain attributes, you know, they can they can determine that. But there's a lot that we don't know. Like, for instance, whether or not somebody has a sense of humor or the level or the degree on the spectrum of humor where their sense of humor lies. Is that genetic? Or is that environmental? Or a little bit of both? Chances are it's a little bit of both, but I don't know. The same thing with honesty. So let's use this uh, day as an opportunity to, for me to get up on a soapbox and talk about Honesty, which I value. Did I mention that? Now, I'm not talking about the kind of like brutal honesty where you walk up to somebody and go, hey, you're fucking ugly. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about integrity and, and, and the truth. You know, when, when, it's, when it's valuable, when it's for a purpose, I, my own personal thing, and I don't want to be, I don't want to sound preachy here. If I'm sounding preachy, oh, well, what can I, what can I do about that? If you hear me as preachy, there's nothing I can do about that. I'm not saying this is how you should be. I don't like the word should. There's nothing you should do or nothing I really should do either as far as I'm concerned. But 
one thing that I do value is the truth or whatever my truth happens to be. But that doesn't mean I'm going to go around telling somebody everything that's on my mind. First of all, that would be a, I'd be a fucking bore. And also, there's there's certain things that, you, that maybe you should keep to yourself. If you happen to look at somebody and think that they're wearing an ugly shirt or or they're wearing an ugly face, I don't think it's admirable to go, your shirt and face are ugly. Hey, I'm just telling the truth. Yeah, that's what we call being an asshole. And without mentioning him by name, I'm going to say that there is a certain person running for president here in 2016 who is a very large, gaping asshole. Oh, just my opinion. But I am telling the truth. My truth. And some of his devoted followers, the and I, again, I don't like to give him the kind of acknowledgement or, or power even to say his name. It's kind of like uh, Voldemort on, in Harry Potter. You know, for, for a long time they said, he who shall not be named. I think that was the phrasing. I'm not a total Harry Potter geek, but I do know that they used to refer to him as he who shall not be named or something to that effect. And then after a while they started saying his name, which probably a mistake. Maybe they should have just kept their mouths shut. But here's the point. I'm not going to mention this guy by name, but let's just say his skin is, you know, the shade shade of a certain popular citrus fruit. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know, if, if you do or don't know who I'm talking about, it doesn't matter. The point is this guy has got followers who say, oh, well, he's just saying what's on his mind and he's just speaking, he's just honest and this and that. First of all, he's not honest, or maybe that's second of all, but no. Not first or and or second of all, a lot of what he says, when when the when what he says is checked by fact checkers, and got you know you, you climb down a rabbit hole because if you mention fact checkers to his devoted followers, they'll go, well, how do you know what the fact checkers are saying is true? You know, at some point, if if somebody who's you know got a running a a company that makes encyclopedias and they have a a, a staff of people who are just Digging into facts and, in fact, encyclopedias. That's funny, huh? What a flashback. I'm 56 years old. Did I mention that? Yeah, I was six years old when my family moved to California. So I'm 56, and I remember encyclopedias. So now, let's put it into modern terms. Wikipedia. <laughs> Maybe you can't trust that because that's just edited by God knows who, but it's, it's, it's policed by a lot of people entering it. But here's the point. I'm not talking about Wikipedia. I'm talking about fact checkers. I'm talking about PolitiFact. And there's, there's fact checkers out there, people who pride themselves on being impartial and they look into things. Snopes is another one. Certain people who are just saying, look, I'm not doing this for political reasons. I'm just saying this is, this is true. This is false. Or sometimes they'll even shade it. Like I think it's PolitiFact that does this. They'll say mostly true or somewhat true or half true or mostly false. Or if they flat out know that it's a falsity, then they'll say pants on fire. So when this certain or, um, citrus fruited skin, citrus, <laughs> God, it's, it's hard not to say his name, but fuck him. And no, I'm not talking about, 
literally butt fucking him. I'm just say butt fuck him, butt comma fuck him. Uh, that's not honesty. And even if he's saying what's on his mind, or sometimes maybe he does accidentally tell the truth, uh, that's not the kind of honesty I value. Does that make me right? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that when people are out there conning the public for their own personal gain, I don't appreciate that. And I actually feel bad for his followers. Some people are getting mad at his followers. I'm going, well, yeah, I guess I could get mad at them for their lack of research or whatever it is. But, you know, I can't get inside their heads. I can speculate and say, hey, they're afraid. What, you know, whatever it is, they're, um, I don't know. Whatever it is that's making them appeal to what he's saying, I don't know. But here's a, a personal reason why also I don't appreciate him and his con man slick willy fucking salesman mentality and his bullshit sloganeering is because I was raised by that guy. So that's why I thought, yeah, let me take this opportunity to talk about that. I was raised by that guy. And up until about a year ago, and, you know, I, I even hesitated to even talk about this, but I'm starting to get a, uh, maybe I'm getting influenced by Mark Marin. Let's get it out there, shall we? This isn't even directed to him, even though I think, oh, there's an off chance. I don't know. Maybe he's lurking out there. I might listen to this. I don't know. I don't really feel like I have anything to say to him or to get anything off my chest to him or about him. But I do have to say something now. I just feel like I do have to say that he's done me a favor because a little over a year ago, he had one of his schemes, and I'm not going to go into details other than to say it was just yet another one of his schemes and a long series of schemes, and I didn't go along with his little scheme, and then I haven't heard from him since. And what's beautiful about this is when, I, when after a number of months had passed and I hadn't heard from him, and I realized, oh, he's really pissed off at me for not going along with his con artist fucking scheme... He's done me a favor because really, I should have written his ass off years ago. And the beauty of it is he's the king of writing people off. He, for his entire life, has proudly told stories about all these people that he's written off. All these people that, as he says, he's bought for X number of dollars. Because, as, like, here's an example of somebody, if he would loan somebody $300 and then he'd go to that person and say, hey, I need the $300 back or pay me back. And the person doesn't pay him back. Then he goes, fine. That means I will never talk to you again. I will never buy you. And I don't think he explicitly said this. He's probably saying this to himself, but I don't know. I wasn't there. But the point is, he would say that he bought that person for $300 because he would never again give them the time of day or another penny or never do them a favor or anything, right? So he bought them for $300. My, my thinking, though, is that in, in this instance, I bought him for nothing because I didn't go along with his little scheme. And then he's the one who decided to sever ties. And then what's really cool about it is in the course of as the months have gone by since he severed ties, I realized, holy shit, it's, it's reminded me of my, my last marriage, <laughs> my second and last marriage is 
I'm not the one who asked for the divorce, but I'm thankful for it. I'm so much better off for it. I am a much happier human being in the last several years since the pain, the initial pain of the divorce went away. And that's the way I'm feeling now too about my, my ex-father is I, I really, because, um, because of, as I've mentioned, his constant scheming and dishonesty, and I don't, can't believe anything that comes out of his mouth, that the only reason I didn't write him off years ago was out of some sense of obligation. Because he's family. He's my father. I need to be thankful. And look, if you're listening to this and you have a good relationship with your, with your father and or your mother, I'm happy for you. In fact, I had a great relationship with my mother. There were a few years there where my sister, oh God, speaking of dishonest, where my sister had driven a wedge between me and my parents. And that's my point of view. That's my story. She'll have a different story because you know why? She's full of shit. That's why. <laughs> no, wait, did I tell you I had a sense of humor? I'm going to prove it. Because even though I'm st- I felt myself starting to burrow into a bit of anger there, which is fine because, you know, anger has its place. I don't want this to be about anger. I want this to be about the fact that I'm okay. I'm not in denial. I don't have daddy issues or sister issues. I really don't care. I mean, there are times when I go through this exercise where I, I, ju- I just do this check to go, look, let me, let me, just, let me just pretend that, they, that I, I, I get the phone call that says one of them or both are dead. How would I react? And this is going to be some cold sounding shit, but it's as true as I can get. You want to talk about the truth, about my truth, about can I handle the truth? Can you handle the truth? And you, once again, are most likely me because, you know, I, I understand. I'm, I, I'm a good portion of my audience. There's a good chance that I'm 100% of my audience. Except for the fact that I do know that I have one Facebook friend in particular who who sent me a snapshot of <clears throat> her smartphone where she was listening to my podcast, and I thought, that just made my day. I didn't realize that I might might actually be only be 50% of my audience. So thank you. Thank you to my at least one loyal listener. I'm I and just I don't know. I I guess I could mention her by name, but I'm just not going to cuz why? I don't know. Like out of out of respect. <laughs> or is that disrespect? I don't know. Her name's Janet. So there, hi Janet. As if giving away their first name is going to somehow like invade her privacy. Where was I? Oh yeah, talking about humor and letting go, and 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 that's it. I've I've really I've I really do have uh, I, I have my ex father to thank for being unreasonable because I, for whatever reason I just didn't have the balls or whatever it was or like I said I guess I rationalized by saying I, I was just being respectful and continuing to have this long distance relationship with him over the phone over the last number of years since my mom died. My mom died in uh, 2003. So I can talk about that without crying. (laughs) It used to be not possible, but 
Um, she's been gone for a long time and I've valued my relationship with her both in person and long distance. And to this day, I still have no fucking idea what she saw in my dad. I really don't. That woman was a saint. So what I was saying is, yeah, for a while there, and, and, and you know, nobody's perfect, like I said, and we, you know, because even my, my relationship with my mom was strained. We didn't talk to each other for a while. I don't remember how long. God, I think it was going on two or three years back in the back in the early to mid-90s because of some misunderstanding that my sister had created. But I have to put some of the blame on on my mom as well, even though I... I, I I, like I said, when I say she's a saint, I mean, she's as close to it as I've known. We had a great relationship. I, I credit her, whether genetically or environmentally, for making me the sensitive person that I am. I sure as hell didn't come from my dad. I mean, my, my recollections of him growing up, it's not like I was it had the shit beat out of me or anything. It, it's not that kind of uh, terrible, tormented thing. It was more the kind of the stereotypical father of that time. And when I say stereotypical, I'm going, I don't, I don't know if this is true. I don't know how many fathers were actually like this, but I, I've heard enough stories to go, well, I guess a lot of fathers were like this, just mainly distant. You know, he was the king of his castle. When he came home, it was not about, oh, let's hang out and have fun with dad. It was more, you know, even if we were in the middle of watching a, a TV show, boom, didn't matter. That thing went off. The channel got clicked to whatever my dad wanted to watch. And he sat down and we kind of either sat there quietly or went to our rooms. So, you know, I, I, again, I'm not talking right or wrong here. I'm just saying that's the way it was. Was that the worst father in the world? No. I mean, we, we you know, we didn't lack for anything. We had, we had food and, and I, luckily I had my mom to give me the, the love and the hugs so, you know, I didn't, I don't think I had a terrible childhood. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that uh, as I grew up and any kind of relationship I had with my dad was never, it was always guarded up right through a year ago. I mean, there's a lot of things I couldn't say to him. He could say whatever the fuck he wanted to me as far as I could tell, because he he said a lot of shit that offended me. And rather than creating any kind of controversy or arguing with him, I just, I just didn't have the energy for it. I just, okay, yeah, whatever. I'd just either be quiet or change the subject. And, okay, that's that's my own fault, but I, that was a choice I made. Speaking of choice, now that, that I know was a conscious choice I made because over the years there were times when I had conflicts with him and I actually did grow a pair of testicles and or a spine and I had arguments with him. I told him what a what an asshole I thought he was. What a racist, bigoted asshole I thought he was. And again, this is just my truth. Maybe he's really a swell guy. I don't know. But my impression of him is not that. So there's your truth. Here's April Fool's. And like I said, I didn't really plan on making this a therapy session or something talking about me and my daddy issues or not. Daddy issues or not. I really don't feel like I have anything... Uh, necessarily to say to him, uh, um, the only reason I'm saying it this now is because I, I just kind of feel like it, it's been unsaid. It's something to say about me and my situation and my life and where I'm at. 
and, and the fact that I do find family very important. And here is the family that I find important. My kids. There you go. That's it. And anybody who makes this argument that, well, no, family is everything. It's like, yeah, uh, to a point. I mean, I, I feel bad for people who feel so obligated to their family because I've been there in those awkward situations where where they'll go to the get family get-togethers and, and complain about the fact ahead of time that they're going to go and then they'll have a miserable time and then complain about it after the fact. I go, you know, just fuck them. Just don't go. But their family, who gives a fuck? You know, there's 7 billion people on the planet. You can hang out with a lot of people who are not unpleasant to you, who treat you with respect and who you can say whatever you want to. You, you, you can speak your mind and it doesn't mean that they will agree with you. I'm not t- talking about surrounding yourself with yes men. <laughs> people who think everything that you think and, and I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about people who, who won't jump down your throat every time you have a differing opinion or you can say what's on your mind and, and they won't call you stupid or they, it, it just, the, the, uh, I, I, there's certain people that I, I want to be, I just, I am unfiltered around. Like right now, I'm doing my best to be unfiltered here, which is, which is why, I don't know, I, I'm repeating myself, but I, I said, like, I, it's not even so much that I feel like I had to get this off my chest as I thought, you know, there's just something about April Fool's Day and the whole dishonesty thing and the deceit and the pranks. And I, th- I think a lot of that has to do with a lot of the reason why I don't just even find that amusing is because I saw that in real life. I grew up with a sister who uh, tormented, maybe is a good word. Hearing this static here, speaking of tormenting, every once in a while I hear the static when I'm talking and maybe I'll figure out one day where that's coming from, but Mm, I guess it went away. Or was that just in my head? <laughs> Let's see, maybe tormented is going a little overboard because, you know, anybody who has brothers and sisters, you know, you you, you poke each other you know, in the sides and you, you fuck with each other, I guess. But I, I don't recall going out of my way to do that to her, but but she was the kind of person who was always teasing and, and telling uh, telling lies. And, and you know, I, I just, you know... Why am I hemming and hawing here? They, my, my family, my parents called her a storyteller. She didn't lie. She told stories. She, oh, she's a storyteller. Isn't that adorable? <laughs> no. No, it's not adorable. It was not adorable. And my memories of it are not that it was adorable. It's, it's storytelling if it's presented as such. When you go to a play and there's actors on a stage, you know that it's pretend. It's, they're playing. That's why they call it a play. But in real life, when somebody presents to you a story and it's full of lies, that's not the same thing. But the thing about people in denial is that they're full of euphemisms. I think that's one of their uh, special skills. Never underestimate the power of denial. One of my favorite quotes from American Beauty, the movie. So yeah, she she was not a uh, <laughs> an honest person. So I, I severed ties from her years ago. And then 
we had kind of an on again, off again reconnection after my mom died. Uh, we would just basically text each other happy birthday or Merry Christmas or whatever, but it, it really never, it really never became like a full fledged relationship because I can't have any kind of relationship with anybody that I don't trust, that I don't believe. What is really the point of having a relationship with somebody where your guard is always up? I mean, what, for practice? Just so you can have practice for being around other people where your guard is always up? I have a better idea. I just have fewer and fewer, hopefully zero, people in my life where my guard has to be up. I mean, even at work, where kind of by just by the nature of work, you're not going to say everything. Like, I'm not going to talk about this kind of stuff to people at work. I'm not just going to volunteer and go on a go on a teleconference and start going, well, let's get started with a meeting. But first, let me tell you about my lying piece of shit sister. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, was there anger again? Yeah, see, I'm not going to fool myself. Am I in denial? I would not know if I were, would I? That's the thing about denial. You don't know when you're in it. But here's the thing I do know. I don't trust her. And I also don't trust my father. And the only reason I carried the, at least looking back over the last, uh, since I, I decided that if my dad ever does change his mind about reaching out to me and reconnecting, I'm not going to reciprocate. My most honest response to him will be none. Sometimes the most honest response is no response. That will be my response to him. I don't want to talk to him anymore, have anything to do with him. And it's not that I, do I feel weak because of that? I've questioned that. I've questioned myself. Am I weak because of that? I, yeah, let's just say that. Let's go along with that. Let's just say I have to acknowledge my weakness because I can't tolerate the poison. So is it saying, is, is it bad for a person to say, well, you know what? I decided I'm not going to, ingest this cyanide because it might kill me. Well, you're just weak. If you really were strong, if you were a man, you would take that cyanide. But, but, oh, well, okay. <laughs> this has been a reenactment. I mean, seriously, I don't need that shit. I don't need it. I don't want it. I'm not going to get into the semantics of the difference between wanting and needing. I just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have it in my life anymore. And here's the thing about choice. Ah, we, I may not know, I may not know whether I can choose to have a sense of humor or whether have I, have I chosen to value integrity? Is that something my mom taught me or is that just something I was born with? I don't know. My, my sister was raised by the same mother and father as I am, as I was, and she's dishonest and I'm honest. At least again, that's just my story. Maybe I'm fooling myself. Maybe I'm a deceitful motherfucker and these people are just wondering what's wrong with me. <laughs> that could be. That, that might be. But you know what? The only story I have about myself and my family is that, is that I'm not a con man. I'm not a fucking snake oil salesman. And the two remaining people from my nuclear family that came to California on April 1st, 1966, they are. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And that, my friends, is a choice. 
And the way I know it's a choice is because I could pick up the phone right now and call one or both of them, but I choose not to. And for years, I did have a relationship of one sort or another with them, and now I don't. So, yes, it's a choice. And that feels like a stopper. That feels like a stopper right there. If uh, if you have anything to say about that, let me know. Future me or Janet. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe I should put a button on this and there's, there's something I should say to wrap it up, but not really. This has been my story of... Uh, of April Fool's Day and maybe why I don't like it because just of all that stuff I said so I'm not going to wish you a happy April Fool's Day instead I'm going to say goodbye until I decide that there's something else I'd like to babble about later Just when I have all the answers, all the questions change. One day the world looks so normal, next it looks so strange. Looking over the ocean on a sunny day. I'd like to stay here forever, it would be okay. Life will continue to change You gotta get used to it You know it's all part of the game You win and you lose to it You gotta get used to it